world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. And you know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. i got to ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Hey, I want to tell you a story this morning. You know, the, uh, the Bible says that a prophet is without honor. In his hometown, right? And really, it's kind of a blessing that most people don't really know who I am, what I do, right? I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to act like I'm some public figure, but we got a lot of people who who watch the show, and you know, I I can go any. I'm still at the point where I can go anywhere, and no, nobody knows me. It's all good. It's all good, and I don't want people to know me. That's not the point. But I was out on on Friday. I was eating breakfast with my 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 buddy cousin Rodney. We were eating breakfast. The next thing I know, there's a guy standing right beside our table, got a sling on, and he's talking to Rodney, and I can tell a little bit's uncomfortable. And finally, I realize uh, he wants to say something. And uh, so I brought it up, and here, this guy watches Coach Dave live. I'm at the Buckeye Lake Diner, and some guy, <laughs> that's like the first time that's ever happened to me, right? Oh, he said, I, oh, I watch your show. I watch your show every morning. Um, so, praise the Lord, the word's getting out, right? Um, the word's getting out, and we have to remain faithful to do what it is that the Lord has called us to do. Because this awakening that we're going through is going to happen slowly. It's happening slowly. And people are, for the first time in a long time that I see, uh, people who used to poo-poo what we're saying don't do it so much anymore, right? They don't do it so much. Uh, when you begin to present evidence to people like we did yesterday on 911, they know in their heart something's not right. They know. And so, again, all, all we can do is present the evidence. You cannot force feed somebody the truth, especially you can't force feed somebody the truth if they've already made their mind up that it can't possibly be true. Because for them to admit they were wrong, man, that's a tough step for somebody to take. That's hard. But you have to remember this. You keep passing the salt. You keep passing the truth to them, and somebody else will reap that do you get what I'm saying? They're not going to take it from you, but they're going to come across one of their friends, a coworker or something who starts saying the same thing. And then they say, you know what? That's what Betty's been saying. They're not going to say, they're not going to, they're just going to connect it in their head. Wow. That's what, that's what he's been saying. Right. And here's this guy that doesn't really have, because look, come on, you guys know how it is. You know how hard, how hard it is to admit to your wife that you were wrong. Anybody say amen? <laughs> Can anybody say amen on that? The last thing you want to do is admit to your spouse you were wrong. And a lot of you are in a situation like that. You've been telling them, you've been warning them, and they are sick and tired of you. They don't want to hear it anymore. They think you're crazy. And then they go to the bowling alley. And at the bowling alley, some guy shows them something on their phone, and they go, click, click. <laughs> wow. Wow. So remember, we are seed planters. 
You're a seed planter. You can't convince anybody of anything. In fact, you're not supposed to. The Bible tells us it's the Holy Spirit that guides them into all truth. Plant the seed, pray that they receive it, and move on. Because the Bible tells us that we're going to reap where we didn't even sow. And you're, not, you're going to be amazed at the number of people that are going to come across you, that you are the amen to somebody else's message. When somebody else in their life has been trying to get them to wake up and they don't wake up. And then all of a sudden they come across you and you say the same thing and they connect that. dot. say, wow, there's an awakening going on in America like we have never, ever, ever, ever seen, folks. It's, 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 it's right at our door. It's right at our door, man. Yeah, Jack, you're right. Seeds sometimes look like landmines. Give them, give them the space to be able to deal with it in their own heart first. You have any idea how hard it is to say to you, even to yourself, man, I was wrong. Man, I missed that one. How hard would it be for them to admit to you that they missed it? Right? Plant the seed. Don't jackhammer it in. Plant it. Water it when you get an example, right? I got I got a lot of, I got a lot of friends, family who don't want to be around me. Not because of what I'm going to say, because but because of what they know I could say. Somebody say amen on that. Amen, so coach. Amen. amen. Not because of what I I say, but because of what they know I could say. And so they like to say stuff, well, yeah, I don't want to be around Uncle Dave. He's always preaching at us. And that is not true. I never, ever, ever to my family, do. I never do it. But they are convicted because they know what I do and what I believe. So Paul said to be all things to all people. And I don't, I don't go into a room and I don't start blasting them with the towers falling down. I COVID, I don't. I don't do any stuff. If the door opens, then I'll say something. But friends, I'm a seed planter. I'm not a seed jackhammer guy. You know, <laughs> trying to you can't, you cannot. Only the Holy Spirit can guide people to truth, right? Relax, relax. There's a new breeze blowing in America. The sun is coming up. The sun is not going down. I got to cover a couple things here real quick. Number one, look, we need you guys this week. We have an initiative going on that we have not shared publicly, and we're not going to share it publicly. But we have a, we have, uh, for lack of a better term, a nationwide initiative going on. Uh, Randy Lunsford's been the. This, this is what I love about Coach Dave Live. Some of you guys are so picking up the torch and running with it, man. I'm telling you, I can't do everything. I don't have all these ideas, but you guys do. We're launching an initiative this Sunday that that uh, just know that we need prayer. Just that's all you need to know. Just just whatever say, hey, whatever Coach Dave and the crew are doing, Lord, just cover, just pray that it'll be successful. And I learned I learned this: you don't tell the enemy what you're going to do, and you don't always tell him what you did. Right? What we're about to do is going to have a huge, huge impact. But it's between us and God. It ain't, it ain't be, the enemy doesn't need to know what's going on. So I would just ask that this weekend, particularly on Sunday, that you guys would be in prayer for this initiative that, that, we're, that we're launching. All right. Number two, pray for Kathy Spalding. Uh, 
you know, she's battled. I, I don't like to use that word, but she's in chemotherapy and, and it's gone through the treatments. And we know that tends to make people sick. And she's a sweetheart. So pray for Kathy Spalding and Mark Mattingly. Mark Mattingly, I haven't, my, my bad, I haven't spoken to Mark in a couple of days, well, longer than that. But, you know, he's he needs a kidney. He's And he's in and out of the hospital and dialysis and just... Just, just pray for Mark <clears throat> and more. I mean, I see. I hate to start staying, saying this because I could run down the list of people who need prayers, right? But we, we know, we know that the, uh, the, get my brain to kick in here. Come on, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We got a lot of people out there who who stand in need of prayer. Uh, Rand, uh, <clears throat> Jamie Walden's son Finn, who fell and had that has had a miraculous recovery. Jamie says it's only, only the prayers of the saints. Now, like me and what I've gone through with our grandchildren, I know, I don't care what anybody else says. I know it was the prayer of the saints. And Jamie says the same thing, the prayer of the saints. He's basically back to normal. But keep praying for Finn. Uh, keep praying for him, all right? Uh, look, I want to show you something here. I, <clears throat> We have now made it possible. Let me do. Let me do this. I'm going to get into some good stuff here. I promise you. Let me do a little little homework here this morning. Prepare to stand on the 23rd. Now, the folks, that is, it's 15 days away. What is today? It's 12 days away. Click on that for me, real quick, Spencer, because I want to. I want to make it. Uh, you can. You can now sign up online. It's going to be a. It's going to be an online Zoom event that you're going to be able to purchase and have. You don't have to watch all of it on. Sunday. But if you watch it on Sunday, you can ask questions just like we do here. But if you purchase, it's only $30. If you purchase this online Zoom event, then you have it on your own. You can watch it later. You can share it in home groups. Maybe you know other people who uh, who are reaching re- like retirement age, like some of us are and don't know what to do with our finances. I, w- I wanted to just share this with you so that you understand I'm not, I'm not making it up. Survive, uh, pull up uh, IRA. IRA, this is called a self-directed, this is one of the things we're going to talk about, all right? It's called a self-directed IRA, and people don't understand. We didn't understand. Michelle and I now have a self-directed IRA. I want you to put this in the chat, Spencer, so people can read this. But this is the Motley Fool, and tells what a self-directed IRA is. And in fact, if you scroll down there, they call it checkbook control. In other words, your retirement account goes into a fund that you are in control of and you write the check for land if you want to purchase it. Special metal, uh, precious metal. Rather than allowing some retirement group to do all that for you, you are in control of your money. Whatever, it's an IRA, a retirement account, whatever. This is what they do. Ross Powell is going to talk about that. Folks, that, that alone, I can't even tell you what how valuable that would be. And I'm going to say this again. Michelle and I have done this. We have a self I I don't have any retirement. Michelle had some teacher retirement money, and we did this. We we have what's called checkbook control of our retirement. And then the people at uh, Survival 401k, they help you with all the paper, all the behind-the-scenes paperwork that has to be done. You don't have to do any of that kind of stuff other than just keep records to show where you spent where you spent your money. And so you don't pay taxes on it when you when you invest it. You buy property. You buy. This is one of the things that we're going to cover. Look, this would be the best thirty dollars you ever spent. If you're looking at the economy and wonder what am I going to do, is my four hundred one k is my retirement account going to be there? Really, when this whole thing collapses, 
That's why I think this is so critical. So, you know, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, precious metals. If you want to buy precious metals, how you do it, some instruct from uh, the volunteer precious metals guy is going to talk to us about it. And then Roger Weaver is going to talk to many of them about how to navigate the complexities of the legal landscape. So you can you can go now at Coach Dave Lyra. You can go to uh, prepare to stand if you want to the number letter two, and sign you can sign up for it. it's thirty dollars. You can watch it live, or you'll have it for again if you want to if you want to be interactive and ask questions of these guys, then you need to do it live. But even after you do it live, you're still going to have access to it. So you can go back and look at it again and share it with other people. I folks, I think this is so I I can't encourage you enough. How important I think this is, and it's it's only thirty dollars. Okay, um, what else? Boom, boom. Cause, cause, look, are you ready for this one? Let me, let me, uh, let me wiggle into this real quick. Uh, go to two B, two B, two B. Spencer, look at this. This just came out yesterday. Homeland Security. Hey, where did Homeland Security start? Nine one one. Then that that way it started. Homeland Security. Good. Homeland Security now has given $20 million in grants to police, mental health networks, universities, churches, and school districts to help identify the potential extremist Americans. So, so come, hey, <laughs> come on now. Huh? Come on. This stuff is right at our door. And you know who those people are? They're you and I who stand up and believe the truth. There are you and I and Sherry Tenpenny and Tom Renz and those people who stand up and say, nope, nope, that medical profession is screwing us up. They're the Paul Goslins of the world. They'll do everything they can, can to say Paul Goslin's crazy and lock him up. And Dr. Kerry Made and Sherry Tenpenny and Coach Dave and Betty Perkins standing on the corner and Clay doing what he does and Tracy doing it. That, that, folks, this is legit, right? $20 million in my tax dollars. Wow, wow, wow. Open, open your, since today's the anniversary of 911 tax, scroll down a little bit. Uh, I didn't even look who it was, eh, Spencer. Stay right there. Since today's the anniversary of 991 tax, you might think these 34 organizations will be focused on Al Qaeda and ISIS or the Iranian Republic Guard. No, you'd be wrong. They are focused on Americans who dissent from the prevailing narratives coming out of the federal government and its collaborating partners in the corporate media and major social platform. Whether it's COVID and vaccines, the war in Ukraine, immigration, Second Amendment, LGBTQRS, the integrity of our elections, the issues protecting life and room, you are no longer allowed to hold dissenting opinions and voice them publicly in America. If you do, your own government will take note and consider you a potential violent extremist and terrorist. 20 million is going to universities, behavioral mental health providers, youth service organizations, Schools, churches, faith leaders, and state law enforcement agencies. Their job will be to identify political dissidents, Betty, and foster interventions among those Americans considering to be going down a path towards violence. The money comes from the Department of Homeland Security, started all out right after 911 for prevention program. Oh, yeah, they are. The program was started in fiscal 2020 and up to so far has awarded $70 million in grants to private 
nonprofits, state and local government agencies. The following is from the Department of Homeland press release announcing 20 million in new grants. Notice the emphasis on public health. Public, what, can you say jab? Huh? Can you say COVID? Created in 2021, the CP3's task was strengthening our country's, oh yeah, you mean our government, strengthening our government's ability to prevent acts of targeted violence and terrorism nationally. Hey, I, th- I think vaccines are terrorism. Anybody agree with me? I think forced vaccines are terrorism, right? To help accomplish this mission, what mission? CP3 cultivates partnerships across every level of government within communities, providing grants, funding, prevention training, promoting greater awareness and understanding of targeted violence, terrorism prevention. Catholic Church, right? Pro-lifers, those who stand up against uh, transgenderism in their schools. Huh? Huh? Oh, yeah. I'm from the government. I'm here to help, right? Oh, folks, man. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. This stuff is so real, and it's so around us, man. It just so is. Okay, Coach, what do you want to do? What do you want to do, Coach? Here's what I want. I see. Uh, let me let me get over here a minute. I want to I want to encourage. I want to encourage. I always want to encourage. I want to encourage you this morning. If you could bring up, um, uh, which one number is it? <laughs> I'm sorry, I lost my way here. Three uh, B, three B. I was I was thinking about something. And, uh, by the way, God bless all of you yesterday on the testimonies of. 911, because we have forgotten, haven't we? We have forgotten. I want to ask you this. <clears throat> the Bible says to forget not his wonderful benefits. I wonder how much of how many of us have really forgotten God's wonderful benefits in our lives. And I kind of left the show yesterday and I said to Michelle, because we're dealing with some stuff like everybody else, we're dealing with stuff. And I said, Michelle, if we were to sit down and we were to start listing all the good things in our life as opposed to the bad things, we would find out that the blessings of God. So overwhelmed. I don't know about you guys. I woke up this morning. I got 10 fingers. I got 10 toes. My heart's beating. My lungs work. My brain's clear. My eyes work. I can hear. I can chew. I can swallow. I can lift. I can walk. Do you have any idea how many great things are going on in your life? We tend to focus on the negative, right? Folks, we got to we got to get out of that negative mindset. That's why the Bible says to take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now, when I started Past Salt Ministries twenty some years ago, one of my initiatives. I'm just Mel. Maybe you're listening. Some of you out there. Um, how about this as an initiative? How about getting the Ten Commandments posted in your church? Let me stop here a minute. I'm going to ask you this right now. Are you looking at me? If you walk into your church, is there a copy of the Ten Commandments anywhere in your church? See a copy of And we want to go around. We want to get, get people to put them up in the schools. We don't even have them in our churches. By the way, is there a copy of the Ten Commandments in your home? Do you have one on the wall somewhere in your house? Boom. Huh? Do you? I answer yes and yes, Coach. Okay, cool, cool, right? So, look, I, I want to I take this somewhere real quickly. And I'm, I'm not... Uh, uh, Two things I want to do here real quickly. Uh, John, uh, Spencer, you did right. brought that up. That's good, but that's not what I want right now. Stay right there, man. That's the wisdom of the Proverbs. I'm going to talk about that here in just a second. I want you to bring up for me, oh, standalone, uh, Ten Commandments. Bring that up. That was a standalone email I sent there, dude. And uh, if we really, if we really, really 
separation between the church and the state, yada, 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 yada. Remember this. Uh, they took, uh, in 1980, in Stone versus, the Graham, Stone versus Graham, they they took down the Ten Commandments. Didn't I send you that, Spence? Oh, I did. Hang on here, man. Uh, no, Jesus' birthday, the Christian. Uh, didn't I well, pull up the Ten Commandments? I thought, I'm not sure I said it to you, right? <clears throat> um, God's laws are protective. Our country is in a mess. And we're in a mess because God's laws are protective. And when Stone versus Graham, when they took the Ten Commandments off the wall, one of the things they said is we can't teach these because the purpose of the Ten Commandments, I'm paraphrasing, is that the children might read them, venerate them, and follow them. The courts, courts actually said that, right? So look, look here. The Ten Commandments nowhere mention the Christian God, do they? Shall know the God, I'm the Lord that God, and the gods before. By the way, uh, Spencer, this is really good. See, this is how they shorten them down. We need to find the actual copy of the Ten Commandments because they're not just that short. Stay with me. Say, Coach, yeah, why are you talking? About? Stay with me. This is, I believe this to be critically important. <clears throat> go, go to, where is it? Is it uh, Exodus 12? Yeah, that 20 verse 12, is that, I think, is what it is. Exodus 20 verse 12. Okay, there it is. <clears throat> because there are conditions with this. Remember, God's laws are protective. The Ten Commandments are protective, right? I am the Lord thy God, here's the first one, right? I'm the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. Don't have any other gods before me. One. Two. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any like. So, do you understand? Uh, no, do you understand? No graven image. We stop there. It says, Thou shalt make unto thee, thou shalt not make any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. We're not supposed to make anything as a, a, a memorial or a monument that supersedes God. None of that. That's idolatry, right? Now stay with me. Three, you shall not bow down yourself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children. Oh, my goodness. What? You mean to tell me you're just like your dad? Could that be a curse? Could that be a curse? Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children under the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Folks, how many of you out there, you don't have to raise your hand. How many of you are dealing with children who hate God? They don't, they don't say that, but they do. They hate God. They hate the orders. They hate the commandments. They hate the rules. They're in total rebellion against them. Well, is that, could it be possible that they're visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children of the third and fourth generation of them that hate me? Notice no period yet. And showing mercy unto the thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. So if you want to know the truth, let's go back. The, the second commandment says what? Hmm? I shall make unto thee. This is all one commandment. 
Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath, was in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down yourself to them or serve them. For I am the Lord thy God, I'm a jealous God, and I'm visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Still no period, go on. And showing mercy unto the thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Period. That's number two. Right? Now, how many of you know that? We don't, I don't know that. I don't know that. Number three. Shall not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Okay, Spencer, see how quick you are. Go to Webster. What does it mean, vain? Didn't mean say swearing. What? You mean God's up of all the things he's worried about? He's worried about swearing. He made a commandment. No. What does vain mean? Empty, worthless, having no substance or value or of importance. Calling yourself a Christian and not being one. That's taking Amen. the Lord's name in vain. That's what it is. Fruitless, ineffectual, all attempts, all efforts were in vain. Don't call on the name of the Lord in vain for no reason. So when people say, well, it's swearing, you get why. God damn it. Sorry. God damn it. Well, you're not asking God to damn it. You're taking his name in vain. He's not mad that you... you are you with me? You with me? So... Don't take, don't do that. Don't call upon the name of the Lord in vain. With me? For no reason? There's three of them, right? And then four, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all the work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. And it shall thou not do any work, you your son, your daughter, your slaves, nor your cattle, nor the stranger that is within your gates. Wow. Look how long this is. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and he, he rested on the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and he hallowed it. Saturday. That's pretty long, isn't it? As opposed to just putting up there, remember the Sabbath, keep it holy. There's a reason why. There's a reason why. Because God's laws are all protected. Okay, now, now I'm gonna I'm gonna cut it in half because those are the ones that the Supreme Court would object to. Even though the name of Jesus is not mentioned anywhere in these Ten Commandments, the word God is mentioned, and that could be any we know who God is, right? We know what God they're talking about. But God could be anything, right? In the public schools today, couldn't God be literally anything? It could be anything, whatever you make a God to be, right? Okay, so let's say we're not going to make the first four commandments universal. You don't have to. You don't have to worship God. You don't. You don't have to. You don't have to keep the Sabbath. You don't have to do that. But when we get down to number five, um, yeah, number five. Watch. You ask yourself this. Is America better or worse when we stop teaching these next six to our children? Number one, shall not kill. By the way, the, the uh, original is murder. 
tells us in Ecclesiastes, there is a time to kill. Some guy's going to come and break in my house. There's a time to kill. There's never a time to murder. By the way, Spencer, what's murder? What's murder? Murder. The act of unlawfully killing a human being with premeditated malice by a person of sound mind. So murder is to kill a human being with premeditated malice. Thou shalt not murder. By the way, just taking a poll here. Good or bad for America? Good or bad for every American right here? Right here. Huh? Good or bad? Would our culture and our society be better if we taught our children not to murder? Mm-hmm. Good. Y'all agree with that? Good. Okay, be good. Good. Two. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Huh? Wait a minute. Good or bad here if everybody got married and stayed married? Good, good, good or bad? When somebody good. 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 Huh? good. Rather than teaching kids at 13, 14 years old to sleep around, lay around, uh, do it up, it feels good, do it. Which would, which would be a better philosophy for us, right? For, for, because everybody's talking about society, right? You got to take the jab because why? <laughs> it's for the greater good. Which is good. Well, wouldn't this be for the greater good? How, what happened to the greater good when it comes to individual behavior? Individual behavior, my body, my rights, right? What about the individual good uh, or the collective good? What about the, uh, huh? Are you with me? You with me? Number five, don't steal. <laughs> don't steal. What, hey, Spence, what's steal? Yes, Janine, committing adultery is both spiritual and physical. Can you imagine the the spiritual harm I would do to my relationship with my wife or she would do to me if one of us committed adultery? Do you have any idea the depth of that? How many marriages are being destroyed because people won't obey that commandment? Okay, to steal is to take and carry away feloniously as the personal goods of another. To constitute stealing or theft, the taking must be felonious. That is, with an intent to take what belongs to another without his consent. Hey, Tracy, America, good or bad, if we said can't steal? Good. Good. Why, why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we? Huh? Why wouldn't we? By the way, shall not kill. That's, that's abortion. It's abortion. Hmm. Don't steal. What, uh, what if we were teaching this? What if we were teaching this to our children? Are we? No. Number 16. I'm sorry. Number seven. Thou shall not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Now, hang on. Because we shortened it down and said, thou shall not lie. And I hate to tell you this. That ain't what it says. Remember, all of God's laws are protective. If the FBI pulls in here today, and I'm hiding John Brockoff, which I'm not. But if they pull in here today, and they ask me if John Brockoff is here. Hey, John, I want you to know, I'm going to lie. I'm going to lie. Why? Because I love my neighbor. I love my neighbor. I'm going to protect you, John. Now. 
Not if John's committed a murder. That's a different situation, right? But if you will not lie to protect the innocent, I question your Christianity. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Why? Because you're supposed to love your neighbor. You love your neighbor. And so the word bear false witness means to go tell other people about something your neighbor did that was not true. Why? Because it harms them. It harms their reputation. It destroys their family. Don't bear false witness against your neighbor. Stop doing it. Don't say a lie about your neighbor. Don't repeat a lie. They call that gossip. Stop it. What if we taught this to our children? Only speak the truth. Well, devil's devil's a liar and a father. Go ahead, Rod. You tried to bump in? No? Okay, number... uh, So you get the difference between lying and bearing false witness against your neighbor? False witness? False witness? A witness that's not true? Saying something about somebody that's not true? Don't do that! I want some of you to know Hope the FBI is listening. I'll proudly lie to protect some of you. I'll proudly do it. Why? Because I love my neighbor as myself. And I would want you to lie to protect me. Provided I'm not guilty. I'm not going to lie about a fugitive from the law who's done something vile. I'm not, no, no, I'm not going to do that. Some guys break into my house tonight and they want to rape my wife. They say, where's your, where's your wife? Oh, yeah, go right down here, turn left, go right. But she laying back in in that bed. I, 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 would, I said, she's not here. She's not here. You're not here. Oh, you're right, Jeff. I, oh, I, I did. Let's go back. I skipped honor thy father and mother. I'm sorry. Go back where it was at. Honor thy father and not love him. Not love your mommy and daddy. No, no. Honor them. How many of you, including me, fight the uh, fight the fact that your children do not honor you as parents? You can say amen. You can confess right here. That would be me. Amen. Somewhere along the line, amen. I taught my children they were more important than me. And the Bible says just the opposite. Not love your mom and dad, but honor them. Honor them. In my whole life, I, I think I told you this story before. My dad was a factory worker. His whole life he was a fact, smart man, but he was a factory worker. Gave his life to Kaiser Aluminum. And he put uh, four of us through college. One didn't want to go. Put four of us through college on a factory worker's salary. Stay-at-home mom, factory worker's salary. We drove junky cars. And uh, as I got older and smarter, my college degree, my master's degree, my PhD, and my whole life, I never, ever, 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 ever spoke back harshly to my father, ever, ever. If I was thought he was wrong, I didn't get in an argument with him. I honored his ability to be wrong. Huh? Are you looking, folks, are you looking around today at the way children treat their parents? Somebody say, oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. 
And remember, this is protective, right? Because that sin goes down to the fourth, third, and fourth generation. I always said, you're just like your old man. Yep, yep, that's right. Remember, God's laws are protective. I'm sorry. Thanks, Jeff, for catching that. Uh, Shall not commit adultery. Adultery. What's adultery? Adultery. Yeah, being unfaithful. Shall not bear false witness. Verse number, where am I? Number eight? Because I'm, where am I? Thou shalt not covet. See, don't covet. That's what we say. Don't covet. Don't covet. Have you ever watched? We have we have ten grandchildren. You know, what I spend most of my time doing when they're here together, breaking up fights because they're covered in each other's toys. They don't want to share, right? You with me? With me? It's coveting. It's the wickedness of the heart. The Lord said life's going to be a lot be easier if you guys quit doing that. See, don't covet your neighbor's house. Don't covet your neighbor's wife for sure. Don't cover his workers. Don't covet his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is your neighbor's. Stop it already. Can anybody say that's all the federal government does is covet? Can anybody say that other than me? They can't wait for you to earn a dollar, and they covet it, man. They're going to come and get every bit of it. Remembering this, right? All of God's laws are protected. Did I go through all 10? I think I did. What if we just taught those last six? What if we just, once again, taught those last six? What if the gossiping disappeared in the church? Hmm? What if we quit taking our knives out against other family members? Through what? Lies, covetousness. I think I can say this. Michelle won't care. Michelle's only a living sibling, a family member. Her mother and father died, and her sister just passed away. She's the last. She's the last one standing. And unfortunately, there was contention between the sisters. Doesn't matter what I was about. There was contention, and her sister passed away from whatever, some heart issue. And Michelle and her hadn't been in communication in how long, sweetheart? Five years? Maybe longer. Hadn't even spoken. What is Michelle sitting at the table yesterday saying? Golly, I wish I had a chance to make it right. Anybody feeling that way? Yeah, I wish I had a chance to make it right. Amen. Uh, so look, here's our trouble. They went to Jesus and they said, uh, okay, Lord, you gave us these big tens, big 10 commandments. What's the most important one? The dude was sharp, man. The dude was sharp. You gotta, gotta give Jesus credit. He was sharp. And he said, uh, well, there's only two. What? Yeah, there's only two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and your mind. If you do those first four things on those Ten Commandments, that's tablet number one. Do those things, will you? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and your mind. And he said, and then the second one's like that. 
Love your neighbor as yourself. On these two rest all the law, he said. Love your neighbor as yourself. Don't lie, don't steal, don't covet, don't uh, commit adultery, uh, don't murder. What would I leave out, right? You get it? You get it? And so we are, see, we teach, we, we teach the doctrines of Satan. My body, my rights, my will. We teach that to our children. There's no restraint. So maybe it's time we went on a post the Ten Commandments binge here. Tried to get them back up on the wall. People to understand that these laws are protective. How many of you would still be married today if adultery had been illegal? How many of you out there? How many of you would have a nicer family if somebody in the family decided they weren't going to steal? Or they weren't going to lie? And stealing comes about as a result of coveting. You have something I want, I'm going to take it. And when you do that, you harm your neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself, right? Oh, this is so good. Isn't it? I've gone on for a long time. i got more I wanted to talk about, but... Uh, Let's let's jump off there real quickly. Go ahead, Janine, and then uh, and then Keith. Go ahead. Welcome in. I love I love hearing you talk about the the Ten Commandments because the Lord told us in Deuteronomy to um, teach once a year, read the book of Deuteronomy to our children, and um, the first when you they they go spiritual it always goes physical to spiritual and we always take the first four and say this is about the lord and and the other half is about um our neighbor well if you take because the book is a spiritual book for spiritual people if you take the whole ten commandments the first uh, all the way up to keeping the sabbath is about the lord but if you take the rest of them let's look at that it says it's spencer if you could put that back up there that is talking about the Lord because mm-hmm. he says, he tells uh, the, us never to, uh, to drink out of our own cistern. Now, if we honor our father, isn't it interesting? He takes the, um, after the Sabbath, he says to honor thy father and thy mother. If we were to teach our children the way we were supposed to, our children wouldn't have to go to the third and fourth generation to be cursed. Our children would be taught and they would teach it to their children and um, be and so then if we take the other one, thou shalt not kill spiritually. Are you going to kill the word of God to go to mm. another denomination or another type of religion? Are you going to commit adultery against the Lord spiritually by no. going and not keeping his precepts and his commandments and scroll down a little bit, um, Spence, and you can go on and on mm. with those um, commandments. Don't bear false witness. Hey, that's a keeping adultery against the Lord. If you're bearing false witness, thou shalt not cover thy neighbor's house. Think of it as going to another denomination or not even denomination. Sorry about that. Uh, um, Like, say, Islam or some some any place that does not have the word of God and does not hold Jesus as the supreme being as God. Are you not committing coveting your neighbor's house? Look at these big churches. They don't even have the Lord in them, and yet uh, we covet them because, geez, I wish I had a bigger church. A wife mm-hmm. is always called the church, and the people saw, you know, 
the, the ox, everything about the apostate churches, we're coveting because we want to ha- make it big. But um, parents should teach your children. And then in the very last in, in um, Revelation, it says, keep the commandments and have the faith of Jesus. He says when he comes back, will he even find faith? Will he even find wow. faith? Powerful, man. Powerful. See, the, the laws are protective, honoring. They're not restrictive. And we, we've taught them as such, unfortunately. Amen. Keith. Thou shalt not covet. That would bring commerce to screeching halt. <laughs> yeah, we could, well, it would, right? Because commerce is based on covetousness, right? <laughs> it really is. But uh, I always tell, I use this line all the time, Keith. Uh, whenever uh, I hire somebody to do something, like we had to have our septic tank fixed the other day. And the guy pulled in. And I told him we got out of the truck. I said, you know what? I said, I don't know anything about what you're getting ready to do. I don't know. I know nothing about septic tanks. Nothing. But I know this. If I pulled into your driveway, I wouldn't steal from you. And I would ask that you not steal from me. It's pretty plain, isn't it? If you're gonna if you're gonna put extra charges on here just because you can get away with it, I wouldn't do that to you. Don't do that to me. That's the way it's supposed to operate. Man's worthy of his wages. I don't mind paying him a bill. But could he make, could he take some screw that cost him 28 cents and charge me $38 for it? Yeah, he could. I don't know. I don't know what that screw's worth. Honesty. The protective. What if our government had to live by those? Why don't we demand they do? What? How? How? Is there nobody in government that knows that they've lied to us about 911? Nobody? Nobody in government that knows that they lied to us about COVID? Nobody knows that? Nobody in government that knows Joe Biden's not uh, mentally capable of being president? Nobody knows that? Nobody does? Crazy, isn't it? It's where we are. Angie, come on in. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I look forward to the day. When Abba Father comes back onto this earth, restores his kingdom and his laws, which people continue to say are done away with. I've got static. Yeah. But but one of the things that, you know, Jesus, when he was, when they came to him, said, you know, Father, which is the greatest of, of these commandments or, or which is the greatest commandments? They're not even part of the Big Ten. Okay. That's Deuteronomy 6. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. And Leviticus 19.18, love your neighbor as yourself. These are not new. He didn't create a new set of laws. He create. He went back and reminded us that we're supposed to be following these. But if you talk to the average Christian, oh, no, honey, we're under grace. We, yep. we, and if that's true, then why are you preaching about the Ten Commandments? Do you know what I mean? Because yes. the Ten Commandments, et cetera, all, the whole of the law matters. And it matters to God. It mattered to Jesus. He taught them. He modeled them. He lived them. He did them. So, and we're to, and we're supposed to do the same. And we're not only supposed to do the same. We're supposed to talk to our kids about them. Talk so, about and, them when you rise up. Talk so about Angie, them when you go to school. Yeah. Sorry. So, the, Angie, the, uh, can two walk together lest they agree? Right. See, here's our problem. We in the church can't even agree on the Ten Commandments. 
We can't uh-huh. even agree on those. Right. That's, right? That's how the dom- denomination, well, thou shalt not kill. That doesn't mean abortion. Doesn't really, doesn't really mean that. Right. Doesn't, right? Shall not commit adultery. That doesn't really mean you can't be gay. That doesn't really mean that. Right? And so we have humanized the law. Well, we've taken God's law and humanized it. And it creates confusion. Imagine if you're going to church and your church is telling you the law is no longer applicable to you. That means the Ten Commandments, including the Ten Commandments, is no longer applicable. We're creating confusion, and that's what the enemy does. That's what the adversary does. The enemy will come in and tell you, that law is dead. We don't have to do it anymore. It's a lie from the pit of hell. And people need to start setting it out because the law is applicable to all. Amen. 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 Remember, it's all about protection. Don't do this so you can protect them. We don't want victims here. So don't well, do this, right? And it protects, it keeps us separate. It keeps us set apart from the rest of the world. You to should. be set apart, and that word in Hebrew is, is kadosh. It is holy. Be holy, for I am holy. Be set apart, because I'm set apart. What sets us apart? We've obeyed his commands, his instructions. No other, no other country, no other nations, Goyim, follow his laws. That's what sets us apart, is we obey our Father. It seems pretty simple to me, and the scripture says, can two walk together lest they agree? So back when we founded the nation, we said the Ten Commandments are the foundation upon which we're built. Here, here, here are the rules. Here are the rules. And the Supreme Court said in 1980, oh, they're too religious, not allowed to do them. Myra, come on in, then Jeff. Thanks, Angie. Yes, Coach. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading us in all truth concerning the Ten Commandments. First, Timothy 4, 11 through 14. That is First Timothy 4, 11 through 14. It is written. These things command and teach. Let no man despise thou, youth, but be thou an example of thy believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the lion, with the laying of the hands of the presbytery. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Jeff. Coach, I thought about this here when you're speaking, parent breaking these down. Honor thy father and mother. But what do most kids always say? I mean, I hear it from my kids. It's, oh, dad, I love you. But do you honor, you know what I mean? Well, I love you. I love yeah. you. Oh, yeah. I love you. It's a, everybody. Jesus said you praise me with your lips, but your heart's far from me. Yep. A lot of that going on, isn't it? A lot of it going on. So then we have to understand, we have to ask ourselves, which is kind of the theme here at Coach Dave Live. Are we going to be the salt of the earth and light of the world or not? Are we going to demand, are we going to lead the way and demand these precepts be taught to our children? That's Psalm 78. Pull that up for me real quick. Psalm 78. You want to know how a nation fails? I'm going to show you. Psalm 78. 
Scroll down there. I got to find it here. Give ear, give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. Because I'm going to open my mouth in a parable and I'm going to utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. And we will not hide them from our children. Hide what? Those sayings from our children. Showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. Why? Because he established a testimony in Jacob. And he appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded that our daddies would make them known to their children. And then that generation to come might know those laws and precepts that their daddies had taught them. And even the children which should be born, who would rise up and declare them to their children. That the people would learn that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments and not be like their fathers. A stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. The children of Ephraim, this is us, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. Didn't Didn't want to fight for it. They kept not the covenant of God, and they refused to walk in his law and forgot his works and his wonders that he had showed them. That's it, right? That's the generational transfer of faith that we have lost when we started sending kids to the public schools. We we lost it right there. When we trusted the government, the non-Christian government, to teach the values the non-Christian government thought were important to our own children. Amen. We've never recovered from it. Never, ever recovered it. And let, let me get, yeah, Mark, it's cyclical. And so here I sit, I'm 70 years old. I never had it in my whole life. My dad took me to church, Catholic. Went to, went to the catechism, did all that stuff. I never had a spiritual discussion with my father, ever. You know why? He never had a spiritual conversation with his dad either. You know why? His dad wasn't Catholic. How many generations does that go down, Clay? To the third and the fourth generation? So that would be Grandpa uh, George. Did he teach it to Grandpa Ed? Did Grandpa Ed take it, take, teach it to my dad? Did my dad teach it to me? Did I teach it to my kids? That's where we are. And since 1980, they've told us the teaching of the Ten Commandments is against the law. When are we going to wake up? When are we going to wake up? Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> I came across something really, really fast. I, I only got a couple of minutes left. I'd like to go ahead, Clay. I'm well, I was just going to say that, like you did, uh, my father. Uh, He's a good man, man. He, he really took care of our family, but, uh, I never remember having a conversation with my father about Jesus. Never heard him talk about Jesus. I mean, we, we watched the Jesus film, uh, one, you know, movies that came on TV. He, he may watch those if they came on one of the main three stations, but we didn't have a conversation after it that I can remember. And I was just thinking uh, while you were sitting here talking, you know, what, what would have the, the impact of that have been on my life had I had a conversation yeah. with my father about uh, Jesus when I was a kid, you know? Amen. 
Amen. Amen. Thank God for my grandparents because that's how I got to go to church. <laughs> and that's something. That's what as I say to grandparents all the time, man. Hey, let me leave you. I like to leave you with some tidbits. Let me leave you with a tidbit today. Pull up Georgia elections. Pull this up. Because we're talking about lies today, right? And honoring your mother and father, not bearing false witness against your neighbor, uh, not coveting. That's what we're talking about here today, right? And so we have a government where, where God has, is illegal for the most part. God's illegal. Ten commandments, not allowed to be posted. Spencer, you look what I'm looking for. It says the Georgia elections. It was a standalone one. I sent it to you, I think, didn't I? No, I sent it to me. Hang on, coming your way. Everything, everything we're dealing with, friends, it's our fault. It's, it's our fault. Okay, Spencer, I just sent it. So uh, we think about the elections. By the way, do they call what do they call it? A stolen election? Hmm? Has there been any evidence presented as to whether or not the election was a stolen election? Or do they laugh at us and call us conspiracy theorists and all that stuff? Well, I saw this one today. If I can get it up on the screen there, Spence. Did it come? There it is. You got to make it bigger. <clears throat> Mike Lindell's discovered this, friends. You ready? <clears throat> okay. There's 20, uh, Trump's legal team's accusation of election fraud. 2,500 felons voted illegally. 66,000 underage voters voted. 2,400 were not listed as registered. 1,043 illegal voters cast a vote through post office. 4,900 voted past the registration date. 10,000 were dead. 395 voted in more than one state. 15,000 changed the address before the election. And 40,000 moved across county lines at least 30 days prior to election day and failed to re-register. In other words, voted in two places. Now, in a government that lives under the Ten Commandments, everybody would want honest elections. Folks, are you looking at me? Does our honest, does our government want honest elections? No, it all operates on lies and covetousness and deception. No wonder they pulled down the Ten Commandments. No wonder. The last thing they want to have to do is face up to exactly what's going on. Tracy. Um, you for me till after the show. Tracy, that whole thing broke up. Try it again. Um, just saying you can wait for me till after the okay, show. I, got, I heard you there. I heard you there. Thanks. Okay. Uh, I got more, but I don't have time. Friends, please go to prepare to stand.com. Prepare to stand.com and register. It's only 30 bucks. Register for this thing. In fact, encourage other people that you know, people you go to church with. This is some really, really valuable information that you could share with your neighbors. Are you concerned about your, your retirement? Are you worried? Think it's not going to be there? Would you like to maybe have some alternatives? Uh, talk to them about uh, uh, a will. Do you have a will? All these things. So many people around you don't 
have any of this stuff in place. And uh, for once, they might they might like you for trying to give them some non-controversial advice. Huh? It's all good. God's children are not for sale. See you tomorrow.